The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here's your host, Victoria Moran. I've got some good news for you from the Journal of the American Medical Association. It says, today, no one can deny the possibility of adequate nutrition and the prolonged maintenance of health and vigor on a vegetarian diet. It's about time, right? But, uh, hmm, let's check that date. That was the January 20th issue, not of 2017, but of 1912. Eating plants and sparing animals isn't new. It's just good. And it's good to have all of you with us today on the Main Street Vegan Program. I am your host, Victoria Moran, and we are thrilled to pieces that we get to share some ideas about uh, living the very good vegan lifestyle with you. After the break, we'll bring you Kip Anderson. He's the star and the co-filmmaker of both Cowspiracy and the new documentary, Getting All Sorts of Press Out There, What the Health? But first, it is my honor to introduce to you April Lang. April is a New York-based psychotherapist, a writer, and animal advocate. She recently wrote a book called Animal Persuasion, a guide for ethical vegans and animal activists in, oh, advocates, pardon me, in managing life's emotional challenges. Her book is available on Amazon, and she is available right here. If you have questions for April or for Kip when he comes on later, our call-in number anywhere on Earth is 816-347-5519. 
Welcome, April Lang. Thank you, Victoria. It's wonderful to be here and to be speaking to you and to your audience. It's really a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on. You know that I I was moved to be reminded to have you on by your friend and my dog groomer, who's also (laughs) my friend. Uh, Wonderful. You know, there are some people, I have no idea if, if uh, she's vegan or vegetarian, but, but Laverne, Forbes's Aunt Laverne, <laughs> yes. is a dog whisperer. She understands these, these four-footers in such a wonderful, wonderful way. And she said, you're not the only vegan I know. I know April Lang, and you should have her on your show. And it's like, I know I should. So here we are. Les Laverne, yes, she's a, she's a great lady, and she was actually the groomer of my dog and, and my cats also. So, yes, I'm very happy that she uh, kind of was the intermediary here, so this is great. Yeah, me too. So tell me, April, when you work with, with people in your practice and, and you get vegans or you get animal people, what are the issues that come up that are a little different from the average client? Well, I would say that um, the people that I that I get that are advocates and ethical vegans, they're coming in because a lot of them feel very misunderstood um, with their families. That seems to be the the primary issue. Well, that and also um, just dealing with a world of institutionalized animal abuse. So, with the in regards to the family issue, a lot of them will come in and they'll say. That they're, you know, they go home, they visit their families, the families don't prepare them vegan meals, or they don't accept or acknowledge what they're doing, or they will criticize them, or if they have children, um, at times they will try to um, sabotage the my client, the parents' efforts to keep their child vegan. So it's that kind of thing. Um, very much just not feeling that um, that they're accepted and understood. And there's also a very big frustration that they find with, you know, being um, ethical vegans and being with people that they love who just don't get it. And sometimes, you know, feelings come up with these family members that that they love, you know, of, of anger, frustration, sadness. And, you know, they just need help in in processing those feelings and, and also coming up with some solutions for how to, you know, how to manage uh, dealing with these people who they love and want in their lives, but they just don't quite know how to do it. So that's a lot of what um, that's a lot of what I get. And then, of course, the ones that just you know on a day to day basis will come in and be just overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. So they might come in with a particular issue that they want to talk about. Maybe it has to do with. Um, with fur, somebody that they know close to them um, came to their house and was wearing fur, or they went, they were on the street and, you know, they're passing a food cart, which is what I talk about in my book also, and the smells of the meat cooking are just very disturbing to them. So they just need a place to, that they're going to feel accepted, and so they come to me because I do accept them and totally understand, and I try to offer them some strategies, you know, to help them cope. Mm. 
there seems to be such an emotional range among ethical vegans. I think most of us are very, very sensitive and would love to be able to come to an understanding therapist like you and talk about these very issues. And yet there are other people in our movement who are able to go undercover in, in slaughterhouses and laboratories and take the pictures. It's amazing to me that those people have that kind of strength. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all, you say we're all so different. We're all trying to do the same thing. You know, we're trying to help the animals in whatever way we can. But we do have to be really honest with ourselves about what our, you know, what our temperament is, what our proclivities are, and, and honor that to do that kind of work. And not everybody can be an undercover investigator. Some people have that kind of a strength. I have to say I wish I did because I... I hold those people in such high regard. Um, I, I couldn't possibly do that. I know I just break down, and that's not something you can do when you're doing that kind of work. But there's so many other kinds of advocacy, like what, what you do. I mean, there's no one way. So just being honest about, you know, what you're doing um, is really important because, yeah, we all, you know, we're all so different but we're all trying to accomplish the same thing, which is, you know, make life better for the animals. Right. I mean, I'm one. I, I have to close my eyes on some scenes in, in some of the documentaries and that. And yet I kind of feel that we as vegans get a pass. It's the people who are supporting those industries who need to look and see what's going on. And if they're fine with it, they're fine with it. But if it breaks their heart, too, then maybe they need to make some changes. At least that's been my philosophy on it. Well, no, I actually um, agree with you wholeheartedly. I, um, I do humane education also, and the, the first time that I went out to a school, I was using a presentation from Mercy for Animals, and they put together a fabulous documentary called From Farm to Fridge. So um, I, of course, if I was going to go into a school and show this to the students, I had to watch this too. So I agree with you. I, I mean, it's, do you know, I felt like, well, I don't, do I really have to watch this? I mean, I'm not the one that has to be changed, converted, have my eyes opened. So why should I do this? But I said, you know, it, it, they're going to be disturbed by this, whether they become vegans or not. So I had to. And I have to say, that was really the first time that I, I watched something from start to finish. And it was a short version. And I was, uh, it, it, it was so difficult. So I grabbed my cat and I put him on my lap and I said, you're sitting here with me because I can't do this alone. Aww. I mean, it was that difficult. So now um, I'm spending the last couple of days actually putting together some other, creating my own presentation. So I've been looking at lots and lots of photos of animals and um, factory farms and slaughterhouses. And it's like, I feel like, you know, I have to. I have to do this because I'm going to have other. I'm going to make. Uh, not make. I'm going to. Present, well, kind of make these other people look at it by you know presenting it to them. So, but I know what you're saying. I mean, we. I don't. None of us need to sit there and watch. You know, documentary after documentary about animals being abused because we're already there. What we are. But what we do need to do is read your book, your beautiful book, Animal Persuasion, A Guide for Ethical Vegans and Animal Activists in Managing Life's Emotional Challenges. So tell us about the book. 
So, um, yeah, so I decided to, to write the book because I, I wanted to have a book I could um, recommend to some of my clients. I, I mean, I see all different kinds of clients, not just vegans and advocates. And, um, you know, I sometimes will give them articles to read or books, but I wasn't finding anything on what I wrote about, which essentially was, you know, how do you deal with, you know, living in a world of institutionalized animal abuse on a day-to-day basis, and, you know, what do you do, how do you manage, you know, in your relationships with these people, Um, how do you, how can you be close to people in your lives that you just feel just don't get it, just don't get you? So I decided to, to do the book to, to help my clients, and then I thought, well, you know, it can hopefully help other people. So, um, you know, what, what I'm hoping is that, um, you know, it'll help people cope with the, a lot of the in, intense feelings that arise when interacting with the people that don't share their beliefs, and not just their family members, but their friends and also um, the people that they deal with on a daily basis. I mean, their coworkers, um, you know, friends of friends, just people that you meet on, you know, constantly on a, on a daily basis. And I also wanted to validate people's feelings and experiences, you know, that there's nothing wrong with them for feeling so intensely, for feeling at times like they're falling apart, for feeling so angry, that it's normal to feel like that. And a lot of times these people feel that they're, they're not allowed to, you know, have these feelings or not allowed to express them. And then the the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to um, offer people a platform to speak about their challenges, um, you know, the, the advocates and um, the ethical vegans, talk about their challenges and the work that they do and the life that they live. So what I did is I put in um, actual real-life stories of different people. So they would tell their own tales about what they go through. So I've included stories from a lot of different um, animal advocates around the world, different continents, the work for big organizations, their own organizations. I have animal rescue people, veterinarians that do a lot of work, um, advocacy work. Um, I have people in there that are... um, it just kind of went out of my head here, but 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 those are like kind of those are most of of the people, and oh, and of course shelter workers too, and these are the people that are on the front lines, and I wanted them to have this platform to tell their story, so that other advocates can gain support, can see maybe learn something from them, and to know that they're not alone, and maybe if there are people reading this book that are not ethical vegans or that are not animal advocates, that they can learn something. They can learn something about what happens to animals in this world. So that was pretty much the book. (laughs) Hello? Hello? I think I lost Sorry. there. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, we have so much technology going on. Um, just a question about what you loved about doing this project. Do you have a favorite part? Um, I would say the, the besides the writing part, which I loved, the, my favorite part was reading these stories as, as difficult as some of them were, as heartfelt as they were. Um, it, it, that, to me, was 
the best because I could see all the work that was being done on behalf of animals all over the world, and it just made me feel so good because sometimes, you know, we can get so caught up in, in what we're doing or just what's in front of us and feel like, oh, nothing's changing or, you know, it's just a losing battle. And when you read these stories, you know, you just know that you are not alone and there are people from on every continent every continent, everywhere, every country doing something to help animals. So for me, that was the most wonderful part of this whole experience, to, to oh. feel like it's part of a network of people. Oh, that's a fabulous experience. Uh, I relate to that because of Main Street Vegan Academy. We just finished our 19th class today. Wow. 19th class of 19 people uh, out into the world as certified vegan lifestyle coaches. They came from five countries. Yeah. Uh, the U.S., Switzerland, uh-huh. United Arab Emirates, Antigua, and Tanzania. So it's just like, you know, it's only five countries, but that's kind of spanning uh, the globe. It's very, very thrilling. So finally, uh, April, as we come uh, to the end of our time together, yeah. can you just as a psychotherapist and fellow vegan just give a few words of wisdom to people listening who may be struggling with some of these issues? Um, yes. I would say that the most important thing for all of us is to have a, a really good support system in place when, when things get rocky. That support system can be your friends, it can be your family, it can be other ethical vegans or advocates. Um, and also, don't be afraid to seek out the counsel of a support group or a therapist if you're feeling that, you know, you, you can't cope with, um, you can't cope on a day-to-day basis. I mean, there are many great techniques and things that one can use to, to help to help you get past, you know, a moment where you're feeling just really overwhelmed. But if, if something's going on for quite a while and you can't seem to get a handle, then absolutely, you know, seek out professional help. But do keep a good support system handy on a regular basis. I mean, that is absolutely invaluable. And basically, just always be proud of the work you're doing for animals, I would say, because every little bit counts. Every, even if, if nothing else you're doing in your life, you're, you're just an ethical vegan. I don't mean just as to minimize it, but if that's the, the only work you're doing, that is a great, great, uh, a great contribution. It's a wonderful contribution. That's one of the things I love most about being vegan, that on the days when I feel that I haven't done enough or I haven't really done much of anything, I've at least done that. I've at least been vegan. I've saved animals. I've saved trees just by uh, by living that day. So we'll put all of April's contact information um, on the website at MainStreetVegan.net in the show notes. You just click on podcast and you can there's a little drop down it'll say show notes so she is aprillang.com and the book again is animal persuasion thank you so much april and all the best and all the wonderful work that you do and thank you victoria thank you now we we're going to be going to a little break and then we are hopefully going to be joined by kip anderson It's a little bit tricky here because we're having some communication difficulties. So uh, we might just have a slightly longer break than usual. 
So what I'm going to do, because we haven't heard yet from Kip, is tell you the exciting news that I was saving for after the break, but I'm going to give it to you now because you know it's never too early for exciting news. Just today, as we're recording this or, or talking to the live listeners, the Veg News 2017 Awards, the Veggie Awards, were announced. And guess what? Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. This very podcast, the Main Street Vegan Podcast, is nominated in the Best Podcast category. (laughs) So I'm very, very excited, very, very honored because I've been a guest on many of the other vegan podcasts. And oh my gosh, they are so fabulous too. So there's a lot to choose from. But as you vote in the, the Veggie Awards for podcasts and for everything else, there's so many wonderful, wonderful companies and products uh, out there to vote for so if you would like to vote and you get to vote for everything all your favorite foods and snacks and everything that is www.vegnews.com slash veggie awards and that is veggie with two g's v-e-g-g-i-e awards and oh my goodness if you feel like you want to vote for main street vegan as the best podcast i would be so honored and grateful and not only that i'm feeling now like this really proud mom like i'm passing around pictures of my kids or something but in addition to the main street vegan podcast being nominated we have four Main Street Vegan Academy graduates nominated in different categories. So JL Fields, who's a graduate of, of the very first Academy, she's now back as a, a faculty member, is nominated in the cookbook category for her book, The Vegan Air Fryer. Michael Suchman, who is half of the blogging and cookbook writing duo, The Vegan Mose, uh, graduated from Main Street Vegan Academy. He and his husband, Dr. Uh, Ethan Cement, are now on our faculty. They are nominated for a Veggie Award in the blog category. Riverdale Cheese, charming little cheese shop in Brooklyn. We actually went there yesterday on our Academy field trip. But uh, the founder and proprietor there, Michaela Grove, is nominated under Artisanal Cheese. And Kat Mendenhall of Kat Mendenhall Cowboy Boots and her wonderful new uh, retail store in Dallas is nominated in the clothing category. Now, five years ago, when we started Main Street Vegan Academy, I don't know that any of these people were doing any of these things. I don't think they were. In fact, I'm sure they weren't. And now they are. So amazing things are happening thanks to podcasts, thanks to the Internet, and thanks to people just getting out there and talking and believing and caring. So we're going to go to break, and we'll be back, hopefully with Kip Anderson. And if not, you know what? We'll figure it out. Stay with us.
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. 
Welcome back. And all the tech is working and we have Kip Anderson just waiting to come on. A couple of quick announcements first. If you are a blog reader or maybe you want to be a blog reader, do check out MainStreetVegan.net where the current blog post is by me and it's called Walk the Path of Mindfulness. I was inspired by Lainey Mulras' new book, The Mindful Vegan, and wrote a post about that and also include a list of favorite vegan spirituality books. So if that's of interest, do check that out, MainStreetVegan.net slash blog. You can also subscribe to our blog. Thank you very much. And I am sure you have noticed that the world out there is paying more attention to vegans and the health benefits that come from eating a plant source diet. So getting positive attention is nice, but getting attention that saves us money is even better. And that's what we're getting from our kind sponsors at healthiq.com. Health IQ is a fun educational site filled with quizzes to test your knowledge of healthy living. And they've also teamed with many of the country's top life insurance companies to offer savings on life insurance That's the kind of insurance that protects your family if you're no longer here. And guess who that savings is for? It's for vegans because the literature shows that we can live longer and now we get to save some money because of that. So check out how much you'll save absolutely free and with no obligation at healthiq.com slash mainstreet. And we will put that on the Main Street Vegan show notes. So we've all heard about live long and prosper. Well, Here's a way to do both. Oh, boy. Kip Anderson, you've all seen Cowspiracy. Probably many, many of you have seen What the Health, which we're going to be talking about today. And Kip Anderson, along with his uh, videographer and, and filmmaker and musician buddy Keegan Kuhn, have really set the vegan world and beyond the vegan world on fire with uh, these amazing films. Kip's environmental awakening came as a result of seeing an inconvenient truth. And he is the founder of Ohm Films and Media, focused on creating films and media that promote thrivability, compassion, and harmony of all life. He's also certified as a Jiva Mukti and Kundalini yoga teacher, studied business at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and has called San Francisco home for more than a decade. Welcome, Kip Anderson. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, such a year. pleasure. Oh, gosh. Well, what the health is getting so much attention, most of it positive, some of it not. I want to talk about both. So give us a little background. You first did Cowspiracy about environmentalism and animal agriculture. What caused you to turn to looking at health? Well, when we were when we were you know researching and doing Cowspiracy, we found towards the end of the film you see in Cowspiracy we talked to Dr. Clapper, and he talks about the 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 dangers of dairy. And so we're kind of going down that road and trying to fit more of that into Cowspiracy. And that might have been uh, thinking of that might have uh, possibly have been a dual film where that was actually on health too. And then we realized, wow, this is a whole entire another film because the more you dig deeper, the 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 scarier it gets and the more inclusion and perhaps even Cowspiracy. So it was very natural right when we finished Cowspiracy, we were going to do What the Health, because essentially the exact same thing is happening 
to our health system that's happening to the environment, the, the, the destruction and the damages uh, and the dangers of eating animal products, what it does to the environment. Um, well, it's also similar things, but in different ways, of course, to your health. It's, it, it's happening to our personal health. And um, so it just naturally led into making this film, What the Health. So tell us how you did it. I think people are fascinated by documentaries. Do you know in advance kind of what it's going to be, what's going to come out, or do you just go talk to people and find things that you never expected? Well, they really are a journey. I think that's why people really like both films because we definitely have, um, you know, somewhat of an outline who we want to interview and where what takes us, but then you really kind of goes down the rabbit hole, especially when people d- don't want to be interviewed and then that leads you to someone else and then you do talk to someone and next thing you know you were flying to North Carolina to, uh, to, to Dublin, North Carolina to visit these families who live next to the pig factory farms. And then one thing leads to another, and that's really kind of how it goes. We definitely have a, a general outline of what we of what we want to do, but then it really takes a life on its own. And I think that's why people really like the films because they, they really follow the journey of making the film uh, as well and my personal journey. Right. And I think also they show many of the aspects of this whole vegan lifestyle, because when you talk about what's going on in, in North Carolina, you're talking about intersectionality and, and diversity and human rights and certainly the environment. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. The big takeaway you know, like you said, there's positive and negatives about the film, and you know, there's so many different ways you can you can you can manipulate studies for for eating meat. Um, but a lot of those, as you see in the film, a lot of those are, are funded by the meat and dairy industry. But the big takeaway that we want people to to take away when you watch what the health is what true health truly is. True health is beyond our personal health. True health is when your community. Um, is healthy when your when your planet is healthy when all the living beings together you're living in harmony and that's why you know when you go to North Carolina whether you, you agree or not whether to eat a little bit of meat or dairy is good or bad well in the bottom line then you watch Cowspiracy and you say you know with with seven billion close to eight billion people living on the planet um, it's hard to argue that it is good in any shape or form and and that's the, and that's where the film eventually leads to and what the health of, of of wanting to show what true health is and that's embodying a holistic uh, um, idea of what health is beyond just our personal selves exactly well we've talked about North Carolina and the people and the pig farms and for people who have not yet seen what the health can you just tell us a little bit about what's going on there <sighs> Well, essentially, um, you know, it started, the film starts where I find out, like everyone did, most people, when the WHO came out with a report that they classified eating processed meat, which includes deli meat, bacon, you know, things that you find at Subway and, you know, I kind of basically grew up with, they classified in the same category um, as cigarette smoking, a class one carcinogen. And that is very interesting because then once you do studies, say, where did this come from? You see that this, this uh, information has been around for decades and decades. Then why hasn't the um, American Cancer Society told us this for years? You know, why are these organizations telling us this and warning about this for years? Why does it take this big national uh, worldwide report to finally, to finally find out when we're when we're donating, you know, my family has been donating American Heart Association, Cancer Society, Diabetes Association their whole lives. And uh, so that's where the film takes it, similar to how Cowspiracy did. We, we, we want to look to see why this information is not being held and at the same time 
uh, interview very progressive doctors and see what is really going on here. What are the true facts without manipulation of, of money, of influence from the meat and dairy industry? What is the real facts going on? And so that was the goal of uh, um, you know, making the film, and that's what essentially the film is about. Right. And then the part about North Carolina, what's going on there with the pigs and the people who live near those farms? Yeah, so then it leads to finding out about how much drugs animals are ingested, you know, and, and antibiotics and this and that. And then, so then we, we had to go to Washington, D.C. and interviewed people from the Food and Safety. Uh, I believe they're called um, Center for Food and Safety. And then they told us about, well, if you really want to see what's going on, you have to go to Dublin, North Carolina, to see what's not only affecting the people that are ingesting it, but just affecting the people who live around these farms. And that's, you know, another aspect of health. And like you said, it's beyond, you know, say animal rights, it's human rights issues. So then we went to Dublin, North Carolina, and essentially everyone who lives uh, next to these awful pig farms, they have some sort of weird ailments, almost every single person that we talk to. And, and you see in the film this uh, beautiful little one-year-old, you know, baby toddler, she had about four different illnesses, and she was just just born. And this is something that just doesn't come out of thin air. You know, this is by living next to these uh, these, these these awful pig farms. Um, mm. So that's what North Carolina was. Well, and I think this is why people love your films because that is information that ought to have been in the New York Times today. I mean, everybody ought to know about the conditions that these people are living in because of these pig farms. But outside of the vegan movement and perhaps parts of the environmental movement, people don't know. So thank you, thank you for getting that out there. So in your experience doing this particular film and talking with physicians and, and uh, researchers and dietitians, did you change your diet at all? Did I change my diet at all? Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually, you know, a lot of this, especially with Cowspiracy, people think, oh, I just went vegan a few years ago. It took a long time to make Cowspiracy. I, 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 this is my 10th year vegan. But what it did influence me is, you know, finding out, especially coming, I'm actually at True North Health Center right now doing some filming, is the no salt, no oil, no sugar to have real optimum health with whole plant foods, you know. And I, I kind of, I guess you'd say I was a junk food vegan. But being, uh, you know, going to True North and seeing these miracles happen to these people by eating a whole foods plant you know, always eating with no salt, oil, sugar. I'm uh, lowering my amounts of oil and salt quite a bit. I don't eat that much sugar, but definitely uh, essentially addicted to the oil and salt, so I've cut that down. I'm eating healthier. Yeah, well, we love True North. We've had uh, Dr. Goldhammer and Dr. Clapper on the program. But this brings me to something that happened when I went to the What the Health premiere in, in New York City. Loved it. I mean, my husband loved it. We're both like, wow. Could this be better than Cowspiracy? Maybe. I mean, we really were very impressed with this film. We're walking out of the theater, and I hear a couple behind us, and the man said, but these people got well in three weeks. I've been eating this way strictly for three months, and I don't have these changes. So immediately my thought was, hmm, a lot of those people were at True North, and I wonder if they also fasted. Was that part of why some of these recoveries seemed so miraculous and so fast? One of them, one of them fasted, Jane, Jane Chapman fasted, and then she was on, you know, then she was just the normal diet here, which is actually, it's interesting, you can actually eat as much as you want, but the other people, um, they all 
were, did not do fasting. And I'm actually True North Health Center right now. And the reason why I'm here is I'm interviewing this lady who was blind, straight up blind. And in only two weeks, not even fasting, two weeks of just eating the food here and as much as she wants, no salt, no oil, no sugar, two weeks her eyesight came back. And it's a miracle, and that's why I'm up here, because this is one of the more uh, interesting stories. that They have miracles happen all, all the time here. Wow. But most of them aren't fasting. You know, It's not always fasting. It's just getting those animal products, cleaning yourself out, getting that fiber running through you, cleaning it out. So one of them did fast, but the other ones, um, uh, uh, Amy, Amy Resnick, she had that miraculous uh, turnaround of getting off all her medications, and that was just uh, by, uh, she did so a little bit of juicing, but just, just going vegan. That's all it was. Wow, that, that, that is amazing. And I know that some of the people yeah. who have criticized the film are saying, wait a minute, I'm thinking Jenny Messina, RD, um, did, a, did a review that, you know, promising too much and it doesn't happen for everybody and we have to be careful. So how do you respond to... To friendly critics, I know you've had some unfriendly critics, but people who really admire that you're an ethical vegan and an animal activist and and all the great stuff, but they have some criticisms as well. What would you say to them? Well, I'd say you know if you're if you're not vegan, is 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 trial for yourself. You know, first learn how to eat well and learn how to transition, so you know what you're doing. And that's what we have on our on our uh, we have the what the hell. That we just launched, which is a huge resource that we're really excited about. And we have the 30 day vegan challenge that Colleen helped us out with. So you do resources, you don't just jump into it. But that's the thing, if you don't believe it, try for yourself. And, you know, and it's really frustrating to see the, you know, the people who do the bashing. You can tell some part, some people are, you know, seem like they have some connection or some agenda. But then someone like Jenny, she just misses the whole point of so much in the film. You know, what about all the drugs that the animals are ingested? What about the dioxins? What about the families living in North Carolina? What about these athletes that are have just completely thrived and taken to the next level? On and on and on. And then picking apart like some some things that 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 might be debatable, but when you see the the rebuttals to the rebuttal, um, Dr. Joel Kahn actually did a rebuttal to hers, and it's a really good one, and he just completely backs it up on the opposite of it. So every, I mean, there's so much talk about this film, so there's a rebuttal to There's a lot of talk. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and uh, I know Dr. Garth Davis. yeah, Garth Davis is amazing. That's the thing is I say do your research. Don't just read one article, read the rebuttal to that, read the rebuttal, and then try out for yourself because there's, there's just so much information out there. And just like we did, we spent thousands of hours, but uh, it's the truth. It's the truth. And what's exciting, not only is it getting a lot with, within the plant-based world of, of talk, but outside the plant-based world. And my favorite was last week when my husband sent me something and the headline was, Fox News documentary will endanger meat eaters. And I thought that was just the funniest wording. It's like meat eaters are like as as endangered as the, I don't know, four-toed Tasmanian sloth or something. It's like, but people are looking at this film. So do you think uh, your timing is just perfect? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it kind of really does. It feels like the timing is perfect. Just 
it just feels that we're really on a, a, a we're on an evolutionary path. Of course, humanity, and you see these different movements happening, whether it's civil rights, women's rights, gay rights, and you we're just entering this time where it's it's almost this, the human rights that are included animal rights. People think when you talk about animal rights, people forget that humans are animals. But it's just such this huge movement that we want to be healthier. We want to know the truth. We want to be optimized for not only ourselves but the entire planet. Like we're becoming one and we're becoming what we always wanted to be. So I feel Cowspiracy came at the perfect time. Like it probably wouldn't have been as effective maybe 10, 20 years ago. We might not have been ready for it. And the same with what the health. Just everybody's ready for this. They've been, you know, tired of living, um, you know, with secrets, tired of living sick, not living to your optimum self, living just for themselves. And it's just this whole thing is just all happening at once, all at once. So, yeah, I definitely feel it's the perfect timing for this. Oh, it's very cool. So there, there's something in What the Health that mirrors something in Cowspiracy, and that is these big organizations that seem to either not know or know but not want to share information, first about the animal agriculture connection to the environment, and now about animal foods, or at least certain very egregious animal foods foods and health did you expect to find that and uh how did you respond when you did well it's just like cowspiracy we were shocked we should we always were just continually shocked because it's one of those that you could say you know what you have a valid point there like we should talk about this and cowspiracy all those interviews that are so bizarre you know and they range from the answers and it seems a lot of them know what we're talking about. It's not that they're completely ignorant. And the same as it goes with what the health is like, hey, just say, you know what, there are some interesting studies out there, and you do have a point. We should look into it more. A lot of people don't want to change, so it's a hard sell for people. But we're, we're, we're trying to see how we can get this information out so we don't lose our donorship. You know, something very honest, but they just don't want to talk or they do these bizarre interviews like the one American Diabetes Association where he just straight up walks out and it's just that's it just seems so shady and <laughs> really weird so yeah we're always shocked that when um when we're attempting to do these interviews and then the way they turn out so what you discovered among other things was that most of these big health organizations that people trust for health information are actually getting substantial donations from food companies, many of, of which are making foods that the weight of scientific studies suggest are causing the same disease that these organizations are established to try to help. What do you do with that? Well, what do you do with that is that's the thing is you first, if you, if you know that this is happening, then you have to do your own research because you can't necessarily rely on these organizations to tell you the truth because when they have those ties, what is their motives? What is happening behind closed doors? You know, we don't know. We just show the facts at it and lead you to, you know, just decide for yourself what the conclusion is. But it makes me a bit leery to follow their recommendations uh, whatsoever. So that's really the goal of the film, you know, and a big goal is uh, the film of, of why I made it. It's very personal to me because most of my family – um, history is just riddled with diabetes in particular really bad. And I was always going to get it. I was always going to get diabetes, I thought, and heart disease and cancer, all three of those. And so it's a very personal film to me that I always told my, again, I've been vegan 10 years, so I've known a lot of this information. 
Um, I've seen so many miracles happen, people turning around, but my parents and my family just really wouldn't listen to me. So a big inspiration making a film was just making it for my friends and my family, the people that I love, just so they can, you know, know the truth. Does one convert one's family more easily making a fabulous documentary than just talking at family dinners? (laughs) Do they listen they to you anymore now? No, they still don't. That's, that's what's funny. People, my, one of my family's uh, vegetarian, let alone vegan. The only one of these vegetarians is my niece. And it's, I mean, that's what's funny. People say, what do you do when my parents have watched this, all these films and they know all this information, but they still won't? I say, when you, when you find out the answer, please tell me because I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, it's really weird. But, no, my, my, my parents are not even vegetarian. Someday they're getting closer. They're getting close, so they're making steps. Well, you're certainly converting a lot of people's parents and children's and siblings. That's really great. Now, one of the really powerful scenes in the film, you were on your way to interview, I believe it was a surgeon at a hospital in the San Francisco area, and a spokesperson came out, and what did she say? Basically, this happens several times. You know, this is kind of like in Cowspiracy where we dropped funding. That wasn't just one time. That actually happened several times. These were awkward conversations that we had and the way they had it and they had to phrase it where essentially, you know, hospitals, people think hospitals are, say, a, a public institution. But, you know, they, 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 like most businesses, like all businesses, need to make money. They need to make a profit. And some, um, some are very focused on how much profit they do make. They want to see a growth every year. And it, you know it's a it's a it's a billion trillion dollar industry the, the the sick business. So if people find out how to be healthy without drugs without surgery, who does that help? Does that help the pharmaceutical industry? Does that help the hospitals? Um, not at all. You know, if everyone was no salt, no oil, no sugar, whole foods, plant based, <laughs> can you imagine the trillions of dollars uh, would be saved, and all the businesses and hospitals would be going out of business. So uh, that's essentially what happened with that conversation is that they just did not want to be filmed or talked about because it doesn't help them in any way. You know, it's such a strange concept. It's almost like the question that vegans get all the time of, yeah, but if everybody stopped eating meat, then what would happen to all the animals? There are answers to those open-ended hypothetical questions, but the fact is not everybody is going to do it anyway. And so just to help with education and taking that small segment of the public that is even going to do this, and then hopefully that will grow over time and the hospitals can expand into more health education and other kinds of things. It's not like they were, are going to go out of business tomorrow, and yet it, they seem so frightened. Yeah, they seem so frightened. But, uh, you know, I feel this film really is a wake-up call, like how viral it's getting. I feel everybody's asking their doctors. They're talking about it. And that's the thing. Even with the negative, you're trying to bash the film or whatever, it's creating a conversation. It's creating conversations, creating doing your own research, creating even better yet, try out for yourself. And that's something that's, I mean, it's really, I, I can't tell you how many thousands of emails and incredible stories we've had. And the film has only been around, what, one or two months? on netflix yeah so it's really exciting that this is going to stem over into the doctors apps knowing this and i think i i feel for the doctors that's why we didn't really interview too many doctors as far as like in in, in main you know say hospitals because it, it's it's kind of unfair because they literally had no nutrition and the nutrition they had was uh you know not the right nutrition for the most part but again i feel it, it's 
everyone's being educated at once. I feel everyone who goes to medical school, you're going to watch what the health and you can do your own research. So I, I'm just very optimistic. It's an exciting time we live in. It's something that we've been waiting for for a long time. Um, you know, you've been in this in in this movement or whatever you want to call it. You know, I just call it compassionate movement and the health movement. But to see it really happening finally now, it's an exciting time. It it is indeed. So a lot of people love Michelle McMacken, Dr. Michelle McMacken in your film, and she did teach for um, Main Street Vegan Academy. She teaches rest whenever she can, so she taught yesterday. And it was so much fun to see the students really treating her like a movie star, which I guess she is. She's been in a movie. So it was wonderful that, that you, you did seek out a couple of, of uh, female um, medical experts because it's been a long time. You know, at first we didn't have any medical doctors at all. Everybody who wanted to not eat animals, if they were in the health world, they went to chiropractic school, they did something alternative. And then one day Dr. Michael Clapper showed up at Vegetarian Summerfest. It was 1984. And we were all going like, oh, my gosh. There's a medical doctor. Whoa. And then for years, they were all men. And now we have some women. And I love it that you're showcasing them as well. So, Kip, you're a yogi. So tell us what your yoga, spiritual kind of life, how that impacts these films that you make. Well, you know, you know, doing I, I travel a lot, so I don't teach. I, I'm getting ready to do retreats in the, over the next couple of years. Finally, um, I'm making doing some other films and that. When I have some time, I want to do retreats. But really, the the point of of me saying when I'm doing yoga and practicing yoga, and especially going to say India for Kundalini teacher training, was to really to set the foundation for making these films. Um, I, I was trying to make Cowspiracy for around four or five years. And it wasn't until I went to India and I did around four weeks of intense, like 12 hours a day of Kundalini yoga teacher training. And within two weeks, I met, uh, you know, linked up with Keegan. And within 10 months after returning from that trip, I, we finished Cowspiracy. So it's like putting yourself in alignment with everything, you know, getting yourself really centered, grounded, because I knew it was going to be pretty intense and I knew this is the tools that I need. So like yoga and doing that practice gives me the tools I need. You know, say you, like you said, seeing a negative review or whatever, doing yoga just kind of wipes off your back and you realize what's important. You see the bigger picture. So for me, it's just a really grounding, uh, powerful tool to be, um, you know, the best I can be to do the, these projects. And I owe a lot, a lot to, um, you know, and particularly actually Kundalini Yoga, but Jeev Mukti as well. You know, it's, uh, Jeev Mukti Yoga is incredible, and Sharon and, and David and all that they've done. So that's essentially uh, what I use it for as a tool to help me be the best uh, conduit to uh, help people, mm. animals, and the planet. Yes. Well, I love that. And I love what you, you said, the spirit, the um, Cowspiracy story that you told, how you got into alignment and then everything opened up on, on the outside. Um, you know, just this idea of, of, of being at peace, or I think it, it was Jesus that said, you know, put first the, these, these things of God and all the rest will be added. And I think you just illustrated that. Oh, it's so cool. So quickly, what's next? What's coming up? What are you working on? Uh, working on a few projects, actually. Um, working on Seaspiracy, 
and that's wow. all on the oceans. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the cove, it's kind of like the cove. There's things, if you watch the cove and the thing that's happening, you know, uh, with the dolphins that happen in Taiji, it, it, it's similar things are happening all around the world, but not only that, the bigger picture, is there such thing as a sustainable fishing? What is happening in the oceans? We don't hear about it yet. It covers most of our entire planet and how important it is. So that's an exciting documentary that's going to be coming out sometime in 2018 and also working on another film project that I'm really, not really talking about too much about, but you'll definitely be hearing about it. So it looks okay. like 2018 is going to be a really powerful year. Wonderful. It sounds Fun. great. Well, well, Kip, to, to, to you and, and all your associates, thank you so much for getting these, these wonderful and important films out into the world. Uh, Netflix, everybody, if you haven't watched Cowspiracy, it's C-O-W-spiracy and what the health. Just make yourself a, a bowl full of oil-free popcorn and <laughs> put some nutritional <laughs> yeast on there and have a wonderful double feature. Thank you so much. Thanks also to April Lang, author of Animal Persuasion. Thanks to Unity Online Radio and our engineer, Jeff Comfort. And thanks to all of you for listening. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. 
It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.